0: Show. And welcome to another episode of Radio Contra, the podcast of AmericanPartisan.org and hosted by me, the Commandante of the <laughs> Moss Oak Militia. Joining all of you out there, I'm here with a good friend of mine, the author of the excellent Nehemiah Strong, Mr. John Dislin. What's up, brother?
1: Scout, good talking to you again, brother. We haven't sharpened iron in a while. This is going to be fun.
0: It is it is, you know, we, we have, uh, really since the last time that we had a podcast together, uh, which is really crazy. It's been many months now, but you know, we both have grown and, and, and really enjoyed a a lot of success. Um, you know, I know that, that we talked on the phone just the other day and you sharing with me, uh, some of your experiences since writing *Nehemiah Strong*, since the popularity of that book has, has just exploded, and um, you know, being blessed to be a, a a part of that, a very small part of that, has been a really big honor. But one of the things that that you shared with me was that you gave your first sermon uh, at <laughs> a church that you were invited to to speak, uh, and you were able to give your first sermon. Here in in uh, North Carolina, over in Western North Carolina, at a uh, undisclosed location in between Asheville and Boone, and which uh, is <laughs> a huge, huge honor, man. And uh, share with us a, a little bit about that experience and and uh, what led up to that, and you know th- that what what that means for you.
1: Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me on again. It's 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 awesome to talk to you again and and just to share with the folks who follow follow you. I uh, you know, it, as the saying goes, God works in mysterious ways. And I I'd made made a friend with a, a dear woman named Mary about four years ago at a Christian conference, and she sent me a text a few months ago saying, you know, this preacher I follow, Pastor David, is waving your book around, <laughs> talking about it in the middle of his sermon, and uh, and and I looked that up, and sure enough, he was. And he was, he's a huge fan of the book, uh, which is very gratifying for me because I'll tell you, in the middle of writing it, I, I I spent a lot of time wondering if anybody was ever going to read it or care, but uh, it's it's kind of nice that the answer to both is yes. But anyway, so I I just reached out to Pastor David. I said, hey, you know, I saw you whooping and hollering, so to speak, about my book and and how right on it was for these times and. He and I had an opportunity to meet for lunch up his way a couple months ago, and then that really seeded the opportunity for me to go and really spend the whole weekend with his congregation uh, and finalizing with the the sermon Sunday. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to do something like that, Scout, but, you know, to me, if you get in a pulpit Sunday morning, um, you need to bring your best. And so that that really was yes. a— Bur- it, it was a, a welcome burden for me, but I felt a lot of gravity around it and, and importance because, you know, I think about wh- what about that one unsafe person who's going to be listening to me? And, you know, do I do I bring it home for that person that they can grasp what they're missing? And so that was woven into my message. But a lot of my message was about. You know, Isaiah 59, 19, where when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. And brother, we have got to be in that that season right now where God has raised a standard. We know the enemy's coming in like a flood, so we know God's going to respond to that. And then I think our response—and this has really been resonating in my spirit, Scout—is it was prophesied by Daniel not too long after Isaiah's ministry, where Daniel wrote in Daniel 1132, he wrote, but they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And and that's what we're supposed to do. I'm getting chills just talking about it. So I want, when when the story's written and, and my part in it is written by God, I want it to to say that I was strong and that I did exploits and Scout, what I think is awesome for your listeners, and I want you to weigh in on this, is that call to to action and to righteousness is available to all of us. It's available to every listener who's listening to you right now.
0: It is, it is, you know, and and that's something perennially you've talked about. I've talked about, you know, are you going to answer that call? You feel it. You know, you feel that everybody feels that uh, everybody in this audience feels that I have people that they come out to class. They they feel that 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 feeling that you get what some people call instinct, what some people call that that, you know, sixth sense, whatever it is. The Lord is calling you. Yeah. He's telling you, hey, are, are you going to wake up? Are you going to make this one count? Are you going to do what you are commanded to do, and what what you are the the path that you are being placed on, right? And, and so this is something that is is really really critical. I mean, uh, you know, it, it it this podcast is a great example of that. I was pushed in this direction, and I was very reluctant. I was very reluctant to even begin podcasting, uh, or or uh, blogging rather, way way back in the day. You know, back in in uh, twenty fifteen. You know, and and here we are. Look, look at all of this. And, you know, I remember wrestling with self-doubt and why would anybody pay attention to what I have to say? Uh, And now, you know, here we are, you know, which is is really, really incredible talking about speaking to a a group of people, um, you know, and, and that experience. It is a very magical experience that connection that you make with a large group. Um, my most recent example of this was uh, I taught uh, a couple of classes back to back out in Washington State, and there was a uh, there was a group out there that wanted me to speak, and many of them had been in class or what you know I thought was many of them, and they you know the, after the the last day of uh, the RTO course out there, I'm exhausted. Because I've literally taught now for uh, six days straight, I'm just you know fried. Mm. Coming out of the field, you know, I smell bad. I just want to grab a shower, eat some something decent, and um, you know, and and uh, go into town. Out in uh, uh, one of the the towns in in uh, eastern Washington, and you know, th- this is a pretty big locale in eastern Washington and go out there they say you know we, we just want you to speak in our group and i'm thinking you know it's probably going to be 15 20 people there at the most you know whatever i get bombarded with over 250 people i mean <laughs> speaking at a church and i'm thinking man this is a big church and we go in there and and i'm like man you know this is a big church and and um You know, it's, this is a preparedness group, you know, probably not, not going to be that many people. Most of them I had in class, 250 people, man.
1: (laughs) And and I'm like,
0: I have no idea what, what I'm going to talk about in front of these guys. Like there's, there's nothing prepared. And so, you know, I'm up there for about an hour and a half and, uh, you know, gave some remarks in the beginning And then kind of just opened it up to question and answer. And I'm just answering, you know, whatever questions these guys are hurling at me Uh, and ladies. There there were a lot of ladies in there as well. And I mean, it was it was really incredible. It it was um, it it was one of those deals that, you know, that you feel a presence. And when you know that you're doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing, everything up is natural. And it's just a it's a presence that you have a connection with the audience. Everything comes off as natural. If if it's not coming off as natural, then that's not necessarily where you need to be or you need to retool something. So, yeah, it's a it's a really unique dynamic. That, that you get to have and a really cool experience as well. Now, you know, th- that all segues into this question that I know that you've got. We've had conversations about this. Um, it's perennially a question that I get. I get at least one email a day of people saying, you know, hey, how do I build a community? How do I build a preparedness group? How do I build this trust? How do I build... Basically, how do I do these things that we all talk about? And I think, you know, as you and I both said in in our conversations, the answer is staring us right in the face. One of the 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 center points that needs to be there is getting involved in your local church. I've talked about it in the past. I know you've talked about it and and you know, we're we're very heavy on that aspect. But it is building that community through the church, you know. For so long we've got away from it. We have, you know, we we we've yeah. You know, that's just a place you go on Sunday and maybe Wednesday night, right? And that's it, you know. But there was a time in America, at at our nation's founding, where the church was the cornerstone of every community, and there's a reason for that. There's a very strong reason for that. You know, I was just out in in Utah. And the church being very uh, influential, the you know the, the Mormon church, the Latter day saints, being very influential in, in the founding of Utah and, and the fabric of the history of Utah. And the faith that those folks out there have is something really to to uh, to be respected and admired because that's that's a cornerstone of of the fabric of society out there. That's a good model for for everybody else to be following is to understand that your community is built through the church. What say you?
1: Well, you know, it's it's interesting, Scout, because there's a, a dear young woman uh who gave me a present some months ago and it was a it was a it kind of a recollections and historical notes pertaining to <laughs> kind of a random county in Tennessee. Can't even remember which county it is, but you know, as most counties are in Tennessee, pretty poor. Pretty backwoods, and and it this this these notations were from I think the eighteen thirties forties, and and it was fascinating because it had some introductory segments to the meteor portions of the of the text. But what it talked about was, and you know we we don't think about this anymore because because America is fairly settled, quite settled, but it talked about how new towns would get established, and the first thing that got built for a new site for a town was the church, the church building. And of course, the, you know, the church is really the, the people of the church, not the building, but they built the church for, for the church to meet in. And then you got the blacksmith and you got the the wheelwright and, you you know, the farmers moved in and all that kind of stuff. But it started with the church. And I don't know about you, Scout, but, it, you know, the older I get, the more I realize how very wise our forefathers were. I used Maybe. to think they were kind of, you know, dullards or foolish or whatever when I was foolish, right? When I was a young, foolish man and and caught up in my own pride and, you know, how smart I was. Well, now I realize how dumb I am and how smart they were. And uh, they really, they really got it right. They knew what they were doing. And it it has to start with that church because, you know, that, First of all, you you get to know people. You know, you go to church week after week after week. You make these friendships. You build these bonds. Secondly, you get to understand someone at their most foundational level. And as you know, Scout, you know there's there's a section devoted to mutual assistance team in my book, "Near Strong." But there's there's a lot more ancillary information and advice, what have you, uh, surrounding it. And one of the biggest pieces of it is you got to keep the chaff out, you know, you got to keep the wolves out of the sheepfold. And and being in a church is now there don't be mistaken, there are wolves in the church, but you you're in a place where you can build relationships, you can get to know somebody sort of at a deeper level and you get to know them in a spiritual context. And that informs everything else. Because if they're right-minded, well, if they're right spiritually, I should say, then everything else follows that. And you're not going to have to be worrying if they're going to crawfish you, you know, when when the pressure's on, when 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 it gets hot in the kitchen, because you know their character and you you know who they belong to, and his his. His leadership, his guidance, his tenets will inform how that person is with you in the foxhole. Does that make sense?
0: Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. I mean, it, it's uh, it, it's one of those things that you know. If if we look at this objectively, I mean these these are people in your community, all right. So you know, I've said many many times that you know. One of the the problems of uh, the prepper movement, the constitutional conservative movement, just conservatism in general, right? You know, we're we're people who we we want sanity. We want accountability with our nation. We we want um, all of these things, right? We want to return to to all of this. Well, you know, that always begins at the local most level. You know, we we have this tendency to focus on national level everything and the left always has focused on, you know, the uh, the 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 local most level rather than national politics. They knew that there had to be a shift. And so that's why you have the leftist domination of education systems and of uh, the local level infrastructure that we have now. Uh, That that now, just now, conservatives are warming up to, hey, you know, maybe we need to do something about that. It's a reflection of all politics being local and the need for that, right? So through your church, you already have people who are local. You already are going to have people who are Living with, you know, in in your area, and and you're gonna get a better assessment for all of that. But further, I mean, these are people who have a, a vast number of resources at the local most level, and you can tell a person's character because if they they're doing what they need to do to bring themselves to church every Sunday, chances are, right? Th- this is not to say that there aren't bad people that go to church because there are. You know them, I know them, you know. you know, at the basic level, they're good folks, right? Good folks are going to be always in, in your community. They're going to be bringing themselves to church. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, you, you need to be building your community through that. You need to look at that. And, and, you know, if the other thing too, is that you're going to have minor disagreements with people politically, but if if you can agree on that most foundational level that, you know, hey, we're here and this this is the tie that binds our culture, then yeah. you you've you've got a, a you're you're building a better model for success right there.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, you, you said that phrase it really resonates with me, that tie that binds at my church which i'm I'm so thankful for because it's a really authentic, strong, foundationally strong church, you know with great leadership, and of course, the leadership is ninety percent of it but um the uh it, we talked doctrinally about something that really helped to understand about when is it time to pack up and you know be righteously indignant and storm out on somebody. And when is it not? and And we it's important to remember that God hates division within the church. Now he you know Jesus said, I, "I came not to bring peace, but division." So he was talking about division between the sheep and the goats. You know, and hopefully most of your listeners are fall in the former category. but um but uh, in titus three ten, it talks about how you know if someone is sowing division, within the confines of the church, you approach them once or twice, and then you have nothing to do with them. And so that we should be really opposed to division amongst the brethren, if you will, to use old school terminology. And something that really helped me with that, Scout, was to understand like first ordinal issues versus second or third ordinal issues. And what I mean by that is if somebody thinks that you know, people should worship on Saturday instead of Sunday, or if somebody thinks that, you know, this particular hymn is more appropriate for the church service, that's not something to create division over. You know, even if, and and this is something that I'm not a fan of, if if somebody really believes that baptizing a baby is, is sound, um, that's not something to create division over. What we should Create division over is first order things like, you know, was Jesus Christ the son of God? Did he come in the flesh? Did he is his sacrifice sufficient to the saving of souls? You know, if you want to split over that, (laughs) help yourself because you probably should. But but other than that, we in this season of. Full spectrum oppression and attack, we need to be uh, building bridges with within our community we need to be reaching out to each other supporting each other building bonds that will last and encouraging and and something else scout encouraging each other we all need that encouragement but it's very encouraging when you're encouraging others but uh, we need to be bridge builders and not dividers within the confines of our faith communities
0: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, going back to that first principle, you know, you called it the first order. The, yeah. the, the, the first principle of things, and, and I use the term principle, is a wider implication on society. You know, w- we have to have an agreement of a foundational set of, of principles that guide our morality. And that's something that the left has worked very hard to undermine and make it relevant. You know, you'll always hear leftists say that we want a, a separation of church and state, right? They, they really hammer that. Well, the thing is, is that when when our nation was founded, all right, it was understood that this could exist. We did not want a national church of America. Yes. We, we didn't want that, and, and we shouldn't. That, that's not what we want. We also do not necessarily want a theocratic state. But at the same time, it must be recognized that these are principles which do not, do not and cannot be violated. Um, And when you violate those, when you cast those aside, you see exactly what we have now, that that, that we cannot, we, we can no longer ignore it. We cannot ignore the rot, the sexualization of children, which is occurring it is indisputable that this has occurred, and now now we have we have we we understand guys that have been awake for a long period of time, like yourself and myself, know that this has all been an aim to destroy the family, and now you have the left that is exactly saying that. Right, We have leftists who, who are, quote unquote, family sociologists, family psychologists that are in full meltdown on social media over the election of, of Italy's first female prime minister, who is a conservative. They're in full meltdown over this. And they're saying that we need because she gave a speech that I have the speech on Americanpartisan.org that says, you know, basically we're returning we're, we're to the family. We're reinforcing the family. They're in full meltdown. We need to abolish the family, yeah. right? Force them into their negatives. But we understand that, that when the left is sought to undermine and corrupt the church, and in many cases, unfortunately, that has been thus, we had a first principle in America. We had a first principle at the, the time of our nation's founding. There were certain things that you did not do, okay? The abolition of slavery the, the argument of the abolition of slavery owes to that first principle, right? These these things are critically important to American society and were then, and they will be once more, and it's going to be a return to that. But it has to begin at the
1: local most level. Yeah. And, you know, to build on what you just said, Scout, iron sharpening iron, right? um it, it's crucial that your listeners and, and your listeners are, are pre-selecting, they're self-selecting, so they probably get this. But that it, it's crucial for them to understand first that there is an enemy. The enemy is active. The enemy seeks, you know, total destruction. And and the family is foundational to our society. It is. I would argue right alongside the cornerstone of Jesus and the church, the family is, let's say, another wall's cornerstone of all the rest of society, because without the family, everything breaks down, everything, everything goes to crap. Okay, Um, and the enemy, you know, whether you look at. uh, Black Lives Matters, which is a it's a it's a Marxist front, right, that's usurped the call for, you know, social justice, authentic, true social justice, not the communist version. If you looked at their website prior to them revising it, uh, one of their foundational themes was the 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 removal i forget how they put it but, but basically the the uh, doing away with the family as kind of a social construct um but it's it's inherent in marxist doctrine and it has to come down from a satanist perspective because it's all satanism ultimately the family right. has to come down because it is such an uh, an almost when it's healthy it's an almost impregnable um, strength of a healthy society. And so they're at war with us. You know, we, we didn't declare war. They, they declared war on us. So that first tenet is it's going on. We're under attack. But then the second tenant is, what are you going to do about it? And so, and I was just talking to my lovely bride about this last night. Um, there are so many teenagers. We, we have Two teenage daughters. There, there's so many teenagers in this season that we're in that are really struggling, and I think I, I, th- I think so much of it has to do with we've gotten away from healthy every day practices um that that make kids healthy make families healthy and and so my wife and i were just talking about this last night and i was really saying we really need to be mindful you know we do these things but i said we need to be almost like doubling down on these healthy things for the kids you know having dinner together doing a a devotional together once a week digging into a little scripture and batting it around um them Meeting up with the kids from church where they do what they call, you know, game and a good word where they play a game and then they spend 20 minutes talking about scripture, taking them to church every Sunday. You know, these and oh, and uh, them going out with their friends and having free time and, and you know, joyful time with their friends. We've got to really be um diligent about sowing those good seeds into our families and our children so that our our part of that cornerstone foundational element of society, uh, the family is strengthened and is nourished and is that we're intentional about sowing good seeds into that field so that we will experience a, a harvest of righteousness for, to, to use a scriptural term.
0: Amen. Amen. You know, it's, uh, can't put it any better than that. Um, you know, and, and we, we have to have a return. You know, down to brass tacks, we have to have a return. Yeah. Our nation has to turn back to God. Yes. And there there's been many signs that this is this is happening in earnest, but it has to begin at the local most level. You know, you have to answer that call and get involved.
1: Yeah. And you know, I'm reminded, scout of what Sol wrote. He and I'm gonna paraphrase it because it's a lengthier quote, but he, he basically said when i'm asked fundamentally you know what happened how did how did russia go so catastrophically wrong you know entering into the soviet union he he basically said we we forgot about god and then everything followed after that right and and right. we got to get back We got to get back to God, and then we got to get back to strengthening our families. And we've got to recognize the wolves are at the gate. The wolves are inside the gate. And then we got to figure out what our place on the battlefield is, because we're not all, you know, like like you scout. We're not all meant to start a podcast like me. We're not all meant to write a book. But whatever your position is on the battlefield, you know, be prayerful about it. Ask God to to show you to open doors to you. What your role is. And by golly, get off your fat can and go do your role because it's the fight is on, and we've seeded you know and I've been a part of this we've seeded the battlefield to the enemy for far too long and and they filled that vacuum as we were busy you know raising kids and going to games and having fun and you know building families, whatever, building our careers. they were busy you know whacking away at the foundations of society and it's it's high time we get busy, you know, which is part of why I named the book Nehemiah Strong Scout. You know, Nehemiah led a, a second uh, return of Israelites back to Jerusalem to rebuild the wall of the city and the, and the temple. And it says in chapter four of the book of Nehemiah, he, they, they had a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other. They, they rebuilt with one hand and they were defensively mindful and prepared with the other. And, um, and, and this is an EMI season if there ever was one.
0: Amen, brother. I, I, you know, it, and that's so important to understand that, that what you just said right there, that is so important to understand that because it, it's, it's not just about building a wall on a Southern border. It's about, you know, th- this whole make America great again, Margaret is about, Rebuilding our nation, rebuilding the strength of our nation. Yes.
1: You know, and,
0: and and it's it, all of these things begin with a return to faith. You know, you look at every uh, Donald Trump rally, and and I'm, you know, I, I don't really want to go down that road of, of making this about Trump or whatever because it's not about him. It's no. about the people that stand behind him. It's, it's about the people. Him. Right. It's it, He he is he is a figurehead for a movement to return this nation to its founding principles. Yeah. That people are, are, it is their last cry out saying, you know, we want sanity in government. We want a return to those foundational principles. And it transcends race. It transcends gender. It really, in, in many cases, it transcends politics. And that's what has this machine at the top so scared. Yeah. Brother, how can people find you how can they get a copy of your wonderful book?
1: Well, and let me add one thing before that, if I could scout real quick. Um, if, you're, if, if you're saying, what can we do? What can we do? It's hopeless. What can we do? God, which is always the case, <laughs> he, told, he tells us how to do it. In Second Chronicles seven fourteen. if you're wondering what to do, here's what God himself says in his own words. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. he says, if my people who are called by my name Will repent and turn from the wicked ways and pray and seek My face, then I will hear them from heaven. I will repent of My judgments and I will heal heal their land. And I don't know about you, you folks listening, but but brother and sister, I feel that almost every day, and I, I exhort you to press into that spirit of repentance of seeking God's face of uh, getting back to church, building relationships with other believers and, and pressing into your faith, faith and and seeking God's face for forgiveness and for healing this land. And I, I think we could see God's hand move in this season like we've never seen in our lives. Um, Amen, brother. Yeah, well, back to your question. Okay, so uh, so my name is John Deslin. The book is Nehemiah Strong. The best place to get it is at my website, which is johndislin.com, and that's spelled J-O-H-N, of course, and then D-Y-S-L-I-N.com. That's Delta, Yankee, Sierra, Lima, India, November.com. And uh, for your valued listeners, Scout, uh, there's a 10% discount if you use the discount code Scout1. Uh, but would love for you to go check it out. I've got almost sixty reviews on the website, four point seven five stars, I think. And I, I'm really touched, Scout, because the book really has made an impact for a lot of people. And I don't say that lightly. Uh, it's it's been really gratifying to me the feedback uh, on the website that people people can go look at. But I go look at it too, and and it's 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 really something appropriate for the season that we're in.
0: Amen. Couldn't agree more, brother. Couldn't agree more. Thank you. Thank you for being on with us once more. I know you you have got a crazy busy schedule, and uh, just pinning down some time, a, a brief moment in time, to get you on uh, is is always a huge blessing.
1: <laughs> well, thanks, brother. I love sharpening an iron with you, and let's not let's not let it be too 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 long before we do this again because it's it's too much fun.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Now, it's, it's, I mean, we're in regular contact. It's just the, uh, man, it's, it's like trying to hit a bullet with a bullet, man. But It (laughs) it will not be, it will not be that much time again, because, you know, I always love talking to you Uh, folks. Definitely get a copy of this book. All right. I wrote one of the early reviews. Uh, John was was uh, so generous in sending out a copy to me, one of the advanced copies. And um, having had him in class for a few classes now, um, you know, he's, he's really been a, a a blessing. Like you have no idea to to instantly meet people that you uh, connect with on a spiritual level that you instantly it, it's it's if if you know you know but it's one <laughs> of those things that it that uh it is really difficult to explain but it's like meeting an old friend even though you've met someone you know for the first time and you've only known them in, in a very limited uh basis and it's just one of those things that's that's a uh, really incredible brother. God bless you. God bless everybody in this audience. I look forward to talking to you again very, very soon. This is NC scout out.